the resurrection body. But someone may ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. And star differs from star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that the spiritual. The first man was of dust of the earth, the second man from heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will, be, will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And our gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 20, beginning at verse 17. Jesus again predicts his death. Now, as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, we pray that through your word you'd speak into our lives today. May we be encouraged. May we be motivated to serve you with all our strength. Amen. <laughs> Folks, I'm, um, I'm going to be preaching from the, the 1 Corinthians 15 passage. And um, what I want to do this morning is I want to encourage you to give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Once they killed him, why did they destroy his body and then scatter the ashes in the Indian Ocean? Him being Osama bin Laden. Why did they treat his body that way? Why did they get rid of Osama's body that way? And the reason is they did not want anyone to be able to make a shrine. Because if they had a shrine for Osama, then the extremists would go there to draw strength. One of the features of human beings is that we create shrines where Elvis Presley is buried. Is a shrine. I'm told I've not been there, but I'm not sure I'll ever need to go there. <laughs> yeah. Where Muhammad is buried, it's a shrine. And the faithful go there. Where the Buddha's ashes are, it, they're shrines. And people go there to be near him. Yeah. And this is just, this is what people do. I'm a Zimbabwean, but I grew up as a Rhodesian. In, in, in Rhodesia, we, you would go to Cecil John Rhodes's grave in the Metopus. It was a special place for Rhodes. Yeah? Where, where, but then, and then you come to this thing called Christianity. 
And it's really strange, isn't it? Because we are argue, Christianity is arguably the biggest religion in the whole world in terms of the times it's endured and in terms of the extent to which it's been embraced. Millions and millions and millions of people across the globe believe in this Christian message. And there's this curious thing. We have absolutely no interest in a shrine for Jesus. We haven't. Yes, there's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, and yes, there's the garden tomb. But no one knows that those, those were where Jesus was buried. No one. Hey, how do you explain it? In terms of the human thing, in terms of what it means to be one of us, it is inexplicable that the hero of the faith's shrine is of no interest. It's illogical, except for this explanation, that the tomb is empty. <laughs> He's been raised. His body's not there. He was there for a while, yes. But for a while he stayed on a mountain. For a while he, he, he lived in various villages and then moved on. The absence of interest in the burial place of Jesus is inexplicable except for the resurrection. It doesn't make any sense. The good news is this. That Jesus has been raised from the dead. And he has bound up your life and my life with his life. We are caught up in him. We belong to him. The resurrection power which raised Jesus from the dead, that same resurrection power is at work in us. Hey? Now. And that same resurrection power will be at work in us when we are called to life, when we are raised from the dead. It's work now. It's going to be at work then. God's promises to you are covenanted promises. He's promised that he will raise you up from the dead. He's promised to be with you now. He's promised to be with you all through this week. He's promised to never leave you nor forsake you. It's just good. Does it mean that sometimes the days aren't dark? Yeah, days get days. We have time seasons in our lives when it's dark. Absolutely. But he stays with us. Okay? And he leads the way. Because he went through all the darkness of Calvary. For you and for me.
And it's this thing of the resurrection that St. Paul is just, you can, reading that passage, you can feel the man's passion. And you can feel the man's belief in what he's writing about. We will be changed. What we plant is the seed. Carol's in this stage of doing her merry garden. And she plants different kinds of seeds. She plants pea seeds. And a great big pea doesn't then come out of the ground. Hey, A plant comes up. The point is this, that what's put in the ground is directly related to what then comes up. When we die, what will be raised from the dead will be directly related to what is planted. Now, here's the trick. Revelations tells us that our deeds follow us. They take with them the record of their deeds. So I will be raised from the dead and the record of Mary Tim's life goes with me. Not the record of the rubbish, eh? Not the record of the sins, which are many. eh? Not that record. That's, That's clean. That's gone. Completely. That's under the blood. But it's the record of how I've served him. What I've done for him. What I've sacrificed for him. The record of our lives, friends. Write the record. So that you're proud of the record. Because that's what Paul's talking about. He says this. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Look at this. I, well, I love St. Paul because, man, this guy is honest about himself. <laughs> he is so honest. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. He's talking about him and himself and his experience. Because as a young man, Paul was a fervent follower of the law. As the Pharisee, he stood there and they stoned poor old Stephen to death. They stoned him to death and Paul was there approving of, the mur- approving of their actions. Paul was saying, good, good, he's dead. Deserved it. And he had that attitude, that bad attitude because of the law. The law told him that Stephen deserved to die. A young good man who hadn't done anything. Kill him. He doesn't follow our way. And then Paul meets the risen Jesus 
on the road to Damascus. And this law that he'd continually, that he'd built his life on and worked hard at, it was found to be forever an inadequate expression of the will of God because Christ has been raised from the dead. And now Paul knows that that's what he was, but it's forgiven. Now there's a new power at work in me. The power of life in Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. What does that mean? Is the work of the Lord doing Ian's job? Yeah, in part, yes. (laughs) But it's much more than that. If you're working in the finance industry and tomorrow you'll go in and you'll, you'll, you'll um, have to do whatever you do at your day job, do it wholeheartedly. Do it enthusiastically. Might be difficult, but give it a try. <laughs> if you're a dentist and you're looking down people's throats, do it wholeheartedly. Whatever you do, work at it wholeheartedly. Put your heart into it. You're making the roast today. (laughs) Make it a good roast. Don't just slap it in there and hope. Serve it up anyway. Yeah? Wholehearted. Because it's part of the record. That's part of the record. Where you changed your attitude, where you allowed your faith to change your attitude... And you put in that little bit extra. That's part of the record. It goes with you. Hey. When the records are read out. We won't be reading stuff that we're ashamed of. It'll be good accomplishments. Yeah. Some of the things, some of the record, some of the record will be a record of what went on inside us. Hey? The record of how we, that person did something to us and we are, we are so justified in, 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 in resenting that person. And hating that person, what they did to us. Hey? And then it's in the record that we forgave. We forgave that person. And moved on. It's the thing about this time of year, isn't it? I could say, I hate this time of year, but it's not true. (laughs) But there's something that I have to do at this time of year, every year. And that, I have to clear out the garage. I hate clearing out the garage. Only once a year, but I've got to do it. Because all through the rest of the year, I just some stuff stuff in there. I think I'll clear it out one day. It's the same with our lives. 
We need to clear out our lives. We don't need to store a lot of the rubbish we're keeping. We don't need it in our lives. We clear it out. Yeah. We take time to be honest with our God. So go on, friends. I encourage you. Give yourselves wholly to the work of God. The work of the Lord. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Teaching, law, Whatever you're doing. Some of you are going to say to me, Tim, I'm retired. How do I give myself fully to retirement? I don't know. (laughs) But it has to be something to do with attitude. And doing the best with the time that God gives us. So come Holy Spirit. Come and do a work. A work in us. That is just so special. We wouldn't believe it if we were told of it. Amen.